here for a reason. This, 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 this news just in. We are your news now. Right on radio. For continuous coverage, the latest information separate fact from opinion. Get the truth. Get the news. You're listening to Right On Radio.
Hey, welcome everyone to Right On Radio. Thank you for being here for this study on the last day of the year 2023. And, you know, last week we took a break from the Bible study to do something special as it was Christmas Eve. And, you know, God in his perfect timing, uh, I felt it was really inappropriate to talk about, you know, carving out your eye and chopping off your arm last week. <laughs> Today, it's perfectly appropriate. And in fact, I think the message you're going to hear today from the Lord is uh, is really relevant. I think the Lord is really going to tell us something that we need to hold on to uh, going into the year of 2024. Uh, I have studied this chapter, you know, for the last few weeks. And uh, to be honest, I, I didn't start to study it last night. I kind of felt I knew it. And today the, the Lord got me up at a, at the wonderful hour of three o'clock AM. And uh, I felt I needed to study more. And the Lord has really shown me some things that I'm going to have to correct a couple things that I've said in the past as well. Uh, I think the scripture is very clear now and the Lord has given me some really great revelation. I, I do believe uh, things, well, I'll let you be the judge if it's a uh, revelation or if it's from the Lord at all. I felt it was appropriate to play the shofar today just to, Interim, and I, as I say, I believe that this message is going to be very important and impactful for you. I don't know how far we're going to get through the study um, today. I'm hoping to finish chapter five, but there's a lot here. But I'm going to maintain throughout the study of the book of Matthew, it's not to pick up on every single little thing because we would be. 20 weeks in chapter 5 alone. Uh, but it's to pick up the master principles and the great precepts that Jesus is teaching us through this. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, what a privilege it is to be able to study your word amongst the brethren, the brothers and sisters, the ones whom you have called to be part of your bride and your body of Christ. Lord, it's only by your Holy Spirit that we can understand. Man cannot rely on intellect alone. We would never figure it out, Lord. But by your Spirit, I pray, first of all, that you'll speak through me, Lord, but most importantly, to me and to each one, who hears this broadcast. Lord, that you'll speak to each one individually and reveal the things in their lives in the practical application of your word and specifically the practical ap application of it in the short term, meaning the next year in particular and beyond, of course. But, Lord, I sense an urgency in your word. Let it grow in our hearts and 
draw us closer to you, Lord Jesus, our King of kings and Lord of lords. We give you praise as you are worthy, worthy, worthy is the Lamb of God, the Lion of Judah. In Jesus' name, I pray. All right. Um, I'm going to read starting from verse 20 and read to the end of the chapter. One thing I want you to keep in mind as I read this, part of the reason why we miss the depth of the scriptures is because we think in physical terms. We think now we're not thinking eternity enough and we're not thinking of how things operate in the kingdom of God. Of course, because we were raised in the the world system and the world system is the inversion of the kingdom system. And it does not go beyond my thoughts. In fact, I'm infatuated with the fact that I am reading the words of Yeshua, God himself, the creator, the word, the way, the truth, and the life. And I just imagine him standing there in front of all these people, God himself speaking. And he speaks at such a high level, most of the people don't get it because they're not thinking at the time as much in the spirit. Now, we, 2,000 years later, have had ample opportunity to study these things And the canon is complete. We know the beginning and the end. And I trust that God knew for the latter generations that we would need this revelation. And I I often wonder about the the notes, the scrolls that uh, Daniel had to hide. And I'm wondering if we are seeing revelation of those scrolls now, just at the beginning of them, and not in the Great Awakening sense, but in the intimacy of our relationship with God. And again, not thinking in the physical, intimacy, the word, into me, And Jesus makes it very clear in this chapter just how intimate he is with each one of us. And he knows our thoughts. He knows our hearts. So when you hear me read these words, remember he's speaking of kingdom principles, not of a fleshly kingdom. May God bless the reading of your word. Matthew chapter 5, 
starting in verse 20. For I say to you that unless your righteousness far surpasses that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. You have heard that the ancients were told, you shall not murder, and whom, whoever commits murder shall be answerable to the court. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother shall be answerable to the court. And whoever says his brother, you are good for nothing, shall be answerable to the supreme court. And whoever says you fool shall be guilty enough to be thrown into the fiery hell. Therefore, if you are presenting your offering at the altar, and there you remember that your brother has something against you, leave your offering there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother and then come and present your offering. Come to good terms with your accuser quickly while you are with him or on the way to court, so that your accuser will not hand you over to the judge and the judge to the officer, and you will not be thrown into prison. Truly, I say to you, you will not come out of there until you have paid up the last quadrants. You have heard that it was said you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lust for her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Now, if your right eye is causing you to sin, tear it out and throw it away from you, for it is better for you to lose one of the parts of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your right hand is causing you to sin, cut it off and throw it away from you. For it is better for you to lose one of the parts of your body than for your whole body to go into hell. Now it was said, whoever sends his wife away is to give her a certificate of divorce. But I say to you that everyone who divorces his wife except for the reason of sexual immorality makes her commit adultery and whoever marries a divorced woman commits adultery. Again, you have heard that the ancients were told, you shall not make false vows, but shall fulfill your vows to the Lord. But I say to you, take no oath at all, neither by heaven, for it is the throne of God, nor by the earth, for it is the footstool of his feet, 
nor by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. Nor shall you take an oath by your head, for you cannot make a single hair white or black. But make sure your statement is yes or no. Anything beyond these is of evil origin. You have heard that it was said, eye for an eye and tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, do not show opposition against an evil person. But whoever slaps you on the right cheek, turn the other toward him also. And if anyone wants to sue you and take your tunic, let him have your cloak also. Whoever forces you to go one mile, go with him too. Give to him who asks of you, and do not turn away from him who wants to borrow from you. You have heard it said that you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may prove yourselves to be sons of your Father who is in heaven. For he causes his Son to rise on the evil and the good, and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Even the tax collectors, do they not do the same? And if you greet only your brothers and sisters, what more are you doing than others? Even the Gentiles, do they not do the same? Therefore, you shall be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. Woo! <laughs> Um, I'm just going to look over at the chat for a moment, um, the live chat. Uh, honest question, who feels like they want to give up now? <laughs> that you're never going to make the mark that Jesus put out for you. <clears throat> there is some tough stuff here. There's no doubt about it. And I like to just stay inside of even, you know, inside of the one chapter and not do uh, biblical gymnastics. So it's important to know who Jesus is. And I'm assuming the majority of you uh, are born again. Jesus says... I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. And of course, we know to be born again, we accept who Jesus is, what he did. We repent of our sins, and you are born again. You are transferred out of this world into his kingdom, and there's nothing you can do to earn it. There's nothing you can do to keep earning it. Um, there's really only a couple things you can do to lose it. And those are not easy to do, um, other than the mark, 
uh, might be. Uh, but blaspheming the Holy Spirit is a very serious offense, and that's the second one that I know of. So having said that, Jesus, the Lord, when he says in verse 20, for I say to you that unless your righteousness far surpasses that of the scribes and the Pharisees, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. The scribes and the Pharisees were people who lived in the text of the, the scriptures. They lived in it. They were constantly out there preaching the law and that. So the average person hearing this, oh my goodness, how can I be above them? I got to go out and fish. I don't have all day to do this like the Pharisees do. How can I go above them? Well, that's a good question. You're going to get the answer. Because Jesus doesn't just put out open-ended questions. He gives you the answers. But know this. That is what he's referring to is keeping of the law. And the Pharisees were seen as keeping the law. But you would have to do far greater than them to enter the kingdom of heaven by the law. Remember, the law, the purpose was to expose our sin. Nobody is capable of keeping the law and earning their way into heaven. And you're just going to see exactly how evident that is as we go by. So, be at peace. <laughs> you're already on your way. Now, in verse 21, he's referring to the commandments, uh, the commandment of thou shall not murder. And I will just make a little side note. Actually, there's a... <laughs> oh, I don't see her, so I won't call her out. But <laughs> uh, for those of you King James fans, and I am as well, um, the King James says you shall not kill. Actually, a more accurate translation is you shall not murder because um, killing, you know, because God actually commanded killing in some parts of the Bible, as you'll know. Uh, murder is different than killing. Uh, murder is premeditated. Essentially, that's where they draw the line here. And Jesus says... You have heard that the ancients, meaning, you know, the beginning when the, when the book of Moses came, you shall not murder, and whoever commits murder shall be answerable to the court. Okay. So, obviously, murder is a sin. It's one of the commandments. You break a commandment, you're done, right? You're toast. You're answerable. But Jesus answers that statement and he expands on it. He does not erase any scripture. God, although he has limitless capabilities, uh, there is one personality trait that God cannot go against himself. Uh, he's perfect. How could he? In verse 22, he says, But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother shall be answerable to the court. 
And whoever says to his brother, you good for nothing, shall be answering to the Supreme Court. And whoever says, you fool, shall be guilty enough to go into the fiery hell. So, Jesus is now telling you that if you even just say to your friend or your whoever it is, your acquaintance, family member, it doesn't matter. If you call them a fool, you're going to hell. And why does he equate these things like calling someone a good for nothing? Or he even says just being angry. Have you ever been angry? It's worthy of death, worthy of hell, says the Lord, the word of God. Just being angry and calling someone a fool is the same as murder. The wages of sin are death. And this is how God sees sin. Sin cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. Anyone ready to give a, a hallelujah that you're saved yet? Because it, it gets worse. <laughs> are you ready? Don't you just love the word of God? How spectacular is the depth? This is God standing there preaching. God himself saying, well, yeah, you were told this, but here's what it really means. Remember earlier when he said he's the fulfillment of the law? He's giving you a fulfillment of the law right here, folks. <laughs> Carrying on, verse 23. Therefore, if you are presenting your offering at the altar, and there you remember that your brother has something against you, leave your offering before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother and then come and present your offering. Now, we don't do offerings the way they used to. We don't need to. Jesus was our offering. But even in sense of communion, you know, there's an offering or sometimes just offering up your praise to the Lord. But listen, did, did you hear it? If your brother has something against you, you'd better leave your offering and go get it right. So now you're even responsible for what someone else thinks of you. <laughs> uh, 
it's, this gets wild. <laughs> you need to leave your offering, pick up the phone. We have the benefit of those these days. And say, listen, uh, oh, I just see Katie Q was the first name I see. Hey, Katie, uh, listen, I'm not sure what I did, <laughs> but I obviously pissed you off somehow. And uh, I'd like to understand your perspective, and I'd like to have the ability to to turn this around and to make things right between us. And then go and sing your hallelujahs. You ever you ever had that, you know, when you're entering into prayer or something like that, and the Lord just drops a name into your mind? It's happened to me so many times. But it wasn't till just today that I really get this. Stop. <laughs> Stop. Hey, look, I know we're in the middle of a prayer uh session. I I gotta I gotta come back. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I got to at least make an attempt to get a hold of this person. This is how the kingdom works. You can't bring anything unclean into the throne room. Verse 25, come to good terms with your accuser quickly while you are with him on the way to court so that your accuser will not hand you over to the judge and the judge to the officer and you will not be thrown into prison. Truly, I say to you, you will not come out of there until you have paid up the last quadrants. So if someone is accusing you Maybe even falsely. There's a reason why they are doing it. Jesus say, says, right away, go get straight with your accuser. Don't even let it go to court. Now, I, I'm not giving excuse for extortion or anything like that. Of course, that's wrong. But don't even... So if someone's angry at you, you're responsible. If someone is accusing you, you're responsible. Do you sense that Jesus is calling us to a higher standard here? He's calling us to holiness. And I'm really thinking that we are going to need holiness going into 2024. Then he goes on to another one of the Ten Commandments. In verse 27, you have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman 
with lust for her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. You know, uh, there's that movie out years ago, and we kind of see society heading this way, um, pre-crime, <laughs> you know. In fact, we're seeing people get charged for crimes that they hadn't yet committed. <laughs> pre-crime. Well, this isn't pre-crime. This is you've already committed the crime. The Lord caught you. You thought it was in secret because it's just in your thoughts, but God saw your thoughts and you are guilty. You know, uh, and by the way, this is speaking to the men. Women, uh, you're not off the hook here, just so you know. <laughs> just so you know. Uh, women are capable of having these types of thoughts too. Um, I know in a worldly sense, many men will complain that women don't have these thoughts enough, <laughs> but that's in a worldly sense and we're not going there. Yeah, I've said it uh, a couple weeks ago on the program. Uh, I'm going to say it again because it's just good advice. Guys, you're not responsible for the first look. You are responsible for the second. And don't think that there's a legality that you can get out of it and just stay with that first glance. Uh, you know, it actually turns into the second pretty quick. Um, we cannot look work. I'm guilty. You're guilty. But this is the standard without being born again that no one, no one could make it in. You can't keep the law. Now we're called to keep it to the best of our ability. And now we have the Holy Spirit who dwells within us and actually makes it possible for us to keep the law. Without the Holy Spirit, how could I contain my mind? How could you? Verse 29, now if your right eye is causing you to sin, tear it out and throw it away from you, for it is better for you to lose one of the parts of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And I'll just do the next one as well. May as well cover these together. And if your right hand is causing you to sin, cut it off and throw it away from you, for it is better for you to lose one of your body parts than for your whole body to go to hell. Remember, Jesus is talking to people Jesus hadn't gone to the cross yet. People were still under the law. And Jesus is telling you the gravity of the law. 
And if you were eternally minded, and eternity is much more important than today on earth is, make no mistake, there's not even a comparison. In this short little stint you have here on earth, Jesus is saying, if your eye causes you to sin, you better pluck it out because it's better than your whole body being thrown into hell. Now, of course, Jesus is not calling for self-mutilation masochism. He's not. He's saying it would be better for you. We don't need to do these things because we have Christ in us. However, there is a lesson here for us. And it's really simple. If your eye causes you to sin, then you would be better to walk around as if you had no eyes. If your hand causes you to sin, it would be better for you to walk around and say, I can't use my hand. <laughs> I can't. I don't want to sin. Holiness is what Jesus is teaching us. And these are his words. I know I'm getting a huge amount of convictions. In fact, I'm, I'm being convicted in the last few days of things that I've never felt conviction on before. And uh, it's serious. Um, I'm being called to be more holy, and it scares me a bit. I, uh, I question my ability. But it's really my will and the Holy Spirit will do a lot of the heavy lifting. I just have to put my will, and it's the same thing for you. Okay, now we're going to get into the fun stuff that a lot of uh, churches will stay away from because someone will get offended. Uh, you know what? We're not supposed to shy away from the truth. Jesus is the truth. He didn't shy away from it. We're called to be in his image. I'm not going to shy away from it. It might not be what you want to hear, but we're going to talk about it anyways. Now it was said, whoever sends his wife away is to give her a certificate of divorce. But I say to you that everyone who divorces his wife, except for the reason of sexual or morality, cheating, makes her commit adultery. Let me just stop there. So the Pharisees in particular and, and the Jews, when they were given the law of Moses, they're unable to keep the law. Of course, no one can keep it completely. And so 
Moses says, listen, if you have to get divorced, I'm paraphrasing, give a certificate, make it, uh, you know, sort of legal and, uh, and move on. Because if someone divorced, if otherwise, you know, and for whatever reason, other than sexual immorality, uh, then you could never, you know, you're just done. Okay. I won't, can't worship God. I'm going to hell. So there, so God carved out a thing saying, well, here's a bit of a workaround, but you know, some people say, well, listen, if I want to get divorced, all I got to do is go cheat on my wife. <laughs> then it's legal according to God. God created marriage. And if you look, just going back into Genesis, the two become one flesh. And that is supposed to be forever. It is never supposed to be broken. Now someone can be free from it. If your partner commits adultery on you, you can file for divorce and God will honor that and God will separate you from your husband or your wife. But it's the only way, and I'm not recommending this, but I think I have a much greater understanding of the two becoming one flesh and how important this is to God from learning about some of the esoteric stuff because of what they do and the power of creation that rests inside of you, inside of you, both male and female, the power of creation. This is an awesome power that God gave us. And when two become one flesh, it is anointed as it is ordained under God. And man can never break what God has created on our own. So, you know, there's the obvious questions, and I'm just going to address them uh, according to Scripture here, folks. Um, let's say you're a woman and your husband's beating you. Can you get divorced? No. Do you have to stay in the same house? No. Unless there is adultery committed, you are not permitted to divorce. God's words, not mine. Someone's hitting you, there's ramifications. You can deal with that in many different ways, and you should get away from them. You should care for your safety or on any number of things. And by the way, this is no exception. Uh, women can hit men, and men are sometimes are at a severe disadvantage because you feel like you can't hit back. It's happening more and more. Do you stay with them? No. You separate, and then you try 
to reconcile. And it's only upon sexual immorality that God grants you the arrest. I don't care if you get a certificate from the town or state that you live in. You're still married in God. And if someone marries a divorced woman who was not separated by God, you are living in adultery, which is breaking one of the Ten Commandments. So you can insert whatever excuse you want into there of why you should be able to get divorced. In God's eyes and in his word, there's only one way to do it. I know some of you are divorced right now, and maybe it didn't happen properly. Repent, go to God. That's all I can say. It's his words, not mine. Do your best to reconcile, to make things right. Doesn't mean you're going to go to hell. You're not. Not if you're born again. But it does limit what you can do in service for the kingdom. That's my own words, not Jesus's. That's mine. That you can challenge me on. But if you have sin in your life, the, the more sin you have in your life, the less effective you are for the kingdom of God. I think that's just an easy one to understand. Verse 33, again, you have heard that the ancients were told, you shall not make false vows but shall fulfill your vows to the Lord. But I say to you, take no oath at all, neither by heaven, for it is the throne of God, nor by the earth, for it is the footstool of his feet, nor by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king, nor shall you take an oath by your head, for you cannot make a single hair white or black but make sure your statement is yes or no. Anything beyond these is of evil origin. One thing that I read this at face value in the past, and I want to correct the record uh, because I see this totally different now. Um, I actually said, you know, should Christians join the military because you take an oath? And it clearly says here, take no oath. Or does it? Well, it does use those exact words. Take no oath at all, neither by heaven, by, you know, uh, by the earth, don't swear by things. 
How, how many times have you heard? I, I swear I didn't do it, or I swear by heaven, I swear on the name of my whatever. That's what God is saying not to do. So actually, I think you can take an oath to your country. But the important part is you need to be of sound character. And, and you know what? If you have to say, I swear that I was telling the truth there, the fact that you have to say that means you've been caught in lies by that person you're saying this to before. Because if you were just of good character, having your yes mean yes, your no mean no, you wouldn't have to swear by anything. See what I'm saying? People swear by it to somehow put weight on their words because they need it. But Jesus is saying to you, you shouldn't need it. You shouldn't be a liar. Your yes means yes, and your no means no. And be true to it, and you'll never have to swear on anything again. So I was wrong before when I was coming against, you know, taking an oath of service or something like that. I, I, that's what I'm reading now. I think it makes a lot more sense to me. Verse 38. Is this good, by the way? Oh, I'm seeing a couple amens. You have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. <laughs> I've used it. <laughs> Have you? <laughs> you know, the Bible says an eye for an eye. <laughs> you hit me, I'm going to whack you. <laughs> but what does Jesus say here? <laughs> but I say to you, do not show opposition against an evil person. But whoever slaps you on the right cheek, turn the other cheek toward him also. An eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. You know what the original intention of this scripture is. It's to make sure the punishment is equal to the crime. If someone steals a loaf of bread, um, cutting off their hand is probably a disproportionate punishment, like they do in some countries. It's disproportionate. If someone steals a loaf of bread, maybe make them work for the bread maker for a few days or something. Shame them. But this is talking about the equal scales of justice. And I know we don't have that right now. But an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth is making sure punishment 
fits the crime. Unfortunately, people can use scripture to make it fit their narrative. Where do you think Jesus ever called you to have a heart full of vengeance? And this is what I'm going to prove my point right here. If someone stole your car, does that mean you can now go steal their car? If someone does something very upsetting to you, does that mean, oh, eye for an eye, man, I can go back and I can get that guy? Where does Jesus tell you to go and seek vengeance? It That completely does not make sense, and that's why he's explaining it here to you, because they, in the Old Testament people, like in the day when Jesus is speaking here, they would use that. That guy did me wrong. I'm going to get him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know what I used to say? I used to say this. You want to play ball? Welcome to the big leagues. Because <laughs> I'll get you back bad. I'm smarter than you. I'm more creative. You won't even see it coming. Welcome to the big leagues. That's what I used to say. Obviously, I was completely wrong. <laughs> you know, I there was a time when I wasn't a Christian. I just want to make sure you understand that. Um, <laughs> and then in verse 39, Jesus goes on, but I say to you, do not show opposition against an evil person. But whoever slaps you on the right cheek, turn the other toward him also. See, these scriptures, an eye for an eye, does not give you license for vengeance. And if anyone wants to sue you and take your tunic, let him have your cloak also. God is saying, to love your neighbor, even if they're unlovable. And if someone wants to sue you, don't go to court. What, what did you want? You want my tunic? Here, my tunic, and here's my cloak as well. Are we good? Well, that's not fair. That's not scales of justice, you might be thinking. Who provides all these things? Anything that you have is on loan to you. You didn't earn it. Yeah, you might have worked. You might have got the money. Jesus gave you that job. Jesus gave you the physical ability to go to that job. Jesus, our God, is our supplier. And he's saying, don't just give him this, but give him that also. It's mine. And I'm telling you to give it because I want the quarrel suspended. So that no one has anything against you that impedes you with bringing your worship to his altar. 
Is it making sense now? I pray it is. Verse 41, whoever forces you to go one mile, go with him too. Someone asks you to do help them, help them. And give him who asks of you and not do not turn away from him who wants to borrow from you. Now, Lord, you got to give a little bit more clarity on this. Because <laughs> I think it's someone in right standing. I think it has to be because someone who doesn't know you or whatever um, and just comes up, oh, you're a Christian. I'm going to take your money. You should give it to him. No. Jesus isn't saying that. Otherwise, everyone in the world would go and be going after everyone who's a Christian and say, well, God says you better give me your stuff. It can't be that. But if someone you know is in need and you're able, even if it's tight, you should do it because God is your supplier. And quite honestly, um, you can loan money, but when you loan money, especially to people you know, be prepared not to get it back. If they say they're going to give it back to you, then let their yes be yes and their no be no. They're accountable to God. And if they hurt the relationship, they need to do the reconcile. Because if you have something against them, it's on them. You have heard it said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and persecute and those who persecute you. Um, this comes from the Psalms when uh, David is basically saying he hates the ones that hate God. And that still stands. Jesus isn't contradicting his words here. You can hate the sin in someone's life, but you're to love them. You can hate that there is sin, that they're apart from God. You can hate those things. but you need to love them. You know, I, I, I hope um, a couple people are watching this because I'm going to say something here. Um, a couple days ago, I posted, and there was even a comment on it this morning. So I posted some things about what George Iceman has said. And I post these things for a reason once in a while. Just so you know, I'm not going to divulge my reasons. But I want you to know that I don't hate George at all. In fact, in person, he's quite a lovely man. 
and I'm called to love him, I support him, and I do pray for him. But I can hate the fact that he speaks out of both sides of his mouth. He says things to engage people who are Christian, who are watching, because he's made the claims that he's Christian. But you can't be a Christian and a magician at the same time. So I hate that he makes those claims. I don't hate the man. And I do pray for him. And it's also worth noting, because I've never addressed this before, uh, but in that clip where he says, if you're doing magic against us, you better watch out because I do magic back at you. <laughs> you know, kind of like the eye for an eye thing here. Uh, that happened on my show. <clears throat> and the truth is, about that, I uh, I wasn't listening to him. I didn't hear him say that on the show. That is the that is the truth. I was thinking about what I was going to say because we were wrapping up the program and I wasn't listening to his words anymore. I was thinking about the words I was going to say because I was going to be speaking right after he finished. If I had heard that, I would have called it out. But I didn't hear it. And I didn't even know he said it till about a year later. But it did happen on my program. And I regret that. I'm going to be cleaning up some more things of the past in the very near future, like probably in the next couple of weeks. Because the Lord has put something on my mind to do, and I really need to clean up some things of the past. And it's not going after anyone. It's actually me confessing some stuff to you that needs to be cleaned up stuff that you're not even aware of. Trust me, but the Lord has put it on my heart. So things will be coming up soon. So back to verse 44, but I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. You know, when someone is coming against you and you don't, you don't pray for vengeance against the Lord, that person's coming after me. Strike him down. Lord, you say that you're my justice, that the battle belongs to the Lord. Lord, strike them down. No, no. <laughs> you're going to be the one who suffers at the end of that prayer. <laughs> Lord, that person's coming against me. Lord, I pray for that person. I pray you move on their heart. Lord, I pray that you make things right in their life so that they don't have to do things like this. They don't feel it necessary. One of the toughest prayers I have is praying for Justin Trudeau. <laughs> but I do. I do. That's a tough one for me, but I'm called to do it. He's an enemy of God. I hate the things that he does but I don't hate the man. And when we, when we pray for our enemies, then 
we put the burden on God and we trust him because he is just. And at some point, justice will come. A lot of the time you'll see it happen. But you have to, you can't pray for someone thinking, okay, so all I have to do is pray for them, then the Lord's going to get them. Okay, I got it. No, no, no. It's what's in your heart, folks. <laughs> Remember, he knows your intent. When you pray for some good for someone who's your enemy, mean it. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. Verse 45, so that you may prove yourselves to be the sons of the Father who is in heaven. For he causes his son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. Translation, God is large and in charge, folks. Trust him. He's worthy. Trust him. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? That's easy. Even the tax collectors do that. You have to understand, tax collectors are were known as the scum of the earth. And well, we pretty much equate that to uh, politicians today who wanted to charge us all these taxes. Um, says he. Even they love those who love them. <laughs> Come on. That doesn't separate you from the world. <laughs> and if you greet only brothers and sisters, what more are you than others? Even the Gentiles. You have to understand, speaking to a Jewish audience here, and the Jews thought the Gentiles were dogs, essentially, right? You know, um, they still do. <laughs> uh, they do the same. Therefore, you shall be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. We have to rise above. And the Lord here is telling us with seriousness, I think with desperation, that we need to up our game in being holy. No, you're not going to be perfect. No, you're not going to lose your salvation when you stare at a woman or a man for that extra minute or second, you know. When you react wrongly to someone who falsely accuses you, are you going to be go to hell? No. By the way, I want to make the point on uh, if someone slaps you, turn the other cheek. That doesn't mean don't defend yourself, folks. He's giving a much bigger picture there. You have the right to defend yourself. You're just not doing it in vengeance. You're defending yourself. So don't think that if someone hits you, you can't hit them back. If you feel you're in jeopardy, you're best to defend yourself. And you can search out the scriptures. I'm sure you'll find the confirmation of that. 
Um, oh, what a wonderful comment. I'm thankful you helped me understand two questions, one before I even asked it. <laughs> well, I didn't see you even ask the other one, but thank you for that. Um, and uh, before I just sign off here, uh, today is the last day of 2024, or of 2023, we're entering 2024. I have my suspicions that it's going to be a, uh, a bit of a wild ride. And, well, you know what? I'm not going to tell you what the shows are going to be like because I think it's going to change from <laughs> show to show. But one thing that is in my heart, uh, and you might not want to hear this, but it's in my heart to show more repetition and to use whatever means I have to get things into your head and to get you prepared. You might be thinking, prepared for what? Well, let me just say this to you. What's on my heart is prepare for the worst. And if the worst doesn't happen, hallelujah. But in if I'm going to define prepare for the worst, uh, it could be the greatest thing as well. <laughs> the worst would be uh, we're going into the tribulation and all the things mentioned in the tribulation are going to happen. That's pretty bad, folks, you know. So prepare for the worst, prepare for tribulation. And it can't be a bad thing anyways, even if it doesn't happen for another 50 years, 100 years, who knows. But it cannot be bad to prepare for it and to follow God's instructions on how to live right in the real world. Um, just a reminder, I am listener-supported. If you are able to, there's links in the description box. Um, you know, God supplies my need, but sometimes he does it through people. And uh, I'm not in this to get rich, and uh, I'm certainly not. <laughs> I'm not doing this. But, uh, oh, there's a prayer request. I didn't even call out for it. I was going to do just a general prayer, but let me see this. We'll deliver the remainder of my life for his glory that I may serve him and his children. Bring him honor. Thank you, Jeff. Well, what a wonderful prayer. In fact, I'm going to pray that for everybody here um, before I close. That's a really wonderful prayer request and when you say it to the Lord he's going to honor that prayer and he's going to work with you he is a gentleman you know I know he's it says he you know when he comes here to rule on earth again he's going to rule with a rod um but he is actually quite gentle with his bride what uh what bridegroom would be slapping around his bride before the wedding, right? Heavenly Father, we thank you for your son. We thank you 
that God came and in the flesh spoke these words. Lord, as I read them, I find it hard to imagine it coming from a human voice. When I read these words, I hear the thundering waters that must have been bellowing from them because it is God himself, the Son of God, the Son of Man. speaking and giving hard truths. Jesus did not shy away from any subject. Lord, and how Jesus was able to over-talk the Pharisees in all of their learning. <laughs> Lord, it really is a privilege to be able to read your word that you've given it to all of us. Lord, I pray you put the desire in our hearts to dig into your word more, just as you see into us and all of our thoughts. Lord, you've made your thoughts known as well in your word. And I pray the desire in myself and those who are praying along Lord, that we have a greater desire to know you more intimately. And Lord, I pray by your Holy Spirit and by us laying down more of our lives, that Lord, we can get to a place of greater holiness to resemble more of the image of Jesus to whatever capacity you allow these sin vessels to do it, Lord. But because we temple the Holy Spirit, I think that we've barely scratched the surface, Lord. And Lord, I really believe that this year of 2024, you are going to make your spirit manifest much more of God from inside of us, giving us the abilities to cope and deal with this fallen world. Lord, I pray each one comes to you with humility. And Lord, by your revelation, we see more and more of the error in our ways that we may leave it at the altar, reconcile, and then worship you. God bless this community of Right On Radio. Thank you for knitting us together, Lord. Thank you for the friendships, the family that have been formed. But Lord, as your word says, it's easy for us to greet one another. Lord, help us expand by going to the unclean of the world. And Lord, I pray you let each of us witness more salvations in the name of Jesus. Multiply, Lord, I pray, multiply 
Lord, you don't just add and subtract, you multiply and you divide. We're asking for multiplicity in the most important thing, which is salvation in this world. Use this community, Lord, I pray. Use me. I give full permission. Glory to the name on high, Jesus Christ, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, God bless you, and thank you for the moderators. Thank you for uh, Katie for being here and, and Misty River, as always, for being in the chat and helping drive it. And thank you, everyone who participates in the chat and helps to lift up each other in this because it is about community we are a community so praise the lord uh, my final word for this year is a simple one to you be loved by God. Be blessed by God. Be blessed by each other, by blessing each other. Be the Berean. Get to be more intimate with your Lord God Most High. And after being the Berean, just simply believe. <laughs>